Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Russell up top. James thought about a three. The floater instead, and he passes it to Davis for the slam. And a turnover, careless play by the Warriors. Anthony Davis picks up the steal. Jokic has scored their last seven. Six seconds. Backing down Biombo to the box. Fades. He sticks it. Overhead wind up the 2-2. Swing on a well-hit drive. Deep to left center. This ball's going to go. Home run, Brian Anderson. He is homered for the second straight game. So back-to-back home runs. First Tellez, now Anderson, and it is four to nothing, Milwaukee. They have hit some shots in this game. Never mind just the home runs off of Max Scherzer. Three-one pitch popped up shallow left field. Soto coming in. Machado going back. Soto gets there and he drops it. Had it right near the line. It went in and out of his glove. O2. Merrill Kelly make it nine strikeouts, two outs in the seventh. There it was, that changeup down in the strike zone just kind of fades out. The bottom drops out of it. He's really found the feel for that pitch over his last five, six starts. Fletcher third with two outs. Perdomo lofts one deep to right field. Laureano will look over, and there it goes. Geraldo Perdomo. That's his third of the year, and it's 2-0 Diamondbacks. Here's Wembenyama again. He's feeling it from downtown. That's three straight. <laughs> Wimby is here. Three balls, two strikes, two out. Bases loaded. Here's the pitch. High and inside ball four, and the Dodgers indeed walk it off. It's been a long, hard road for Trace Thompson, but that fourth ball just lifted the weight of the world off his shoulders and the Dodgers win 9-8 in 12. Here's the pitch on Shohei. Swings and hits a high drive. Well hit into right center field and that ball is way out of here. Shohei Otani connects a three-run homer. No doubter. It's showtime. Three games ago for Cedric Mullins, hit for the cycle. And he swings at this one, and that ball is well hit, and it is way gone over the out-of-town scoreboard. So that is the third home run that Otani has given up tonight. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Tuesday, May 16th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. By the way, uh, we've all just, uh, you know, Mother's Day was last weekend. Last Friday was my mom's birthday. She was born in 1925. Got a lot of stuff going on here on this date in 1982. Unfortunately, my mom passed away. So rest in peace, mom. All right, in today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7, Lakers Nuggets, who wins the series? 
around Major League Baseball. Uh, which high payroll, easy for me to say, which high payroll team is most likely to miss the playoffs, the, Pots or, the Padres or the Mets? I did that really well. Let's try that again. Around Major League Baseball, which high payroll team is most likely to miss the playoffs, Mets or Padres? Yeah, all right. Nailed it. The Diamondbacks, are they currently facing the weakest MLB roster of your lifetime? I'm not exaggerating here. The NBA Draft, will you watch the lottery revealed tonight? On the diamond from last night, what stood out? And also, what else caught your eye since our last show? Here is today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction to today's pipeline. 9.15 around Major League Baseball with Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs. 9.30 or so to be interactive action, 602-260-1060. And also the local roundup that'll include the latest on uh, Bonnie Williams' future, a little Tyron Lue speculation last night, and also the Diamondbacks and the Athletics Monday Night Rewind, which will not take very long. Final segment of the Sports Zone today will be the National Roundup, topped by the latest line, and maybe a little from the scoreboard, mainly, mainly uh, some basketball and baseball, especially baseball, injury updates. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is who wins the Western Conference final, Denver or Los Angeles? And Corey is here and has the early returns. Leading right now looks to be the Nuggets, 100% on KDUS1060.com. I know we always have anti-LA votes, no matter what the LA question is, no matter what LA team we're talking about, but 100% against? Come on, folks. Meanwhile, the number one seed Nuggets are small favorites, roughly 7-5 to five consensus number there against the number seven seed Lakers. Today's Twitter poll question, which high payroll MLB team is most likely to miss the postseason, the Mets or the Padres? And, Corey, what do we have here? Oh, you'll like this one here. Split 50-50 between the Mets Ooh. and Padres on KDUSAM1060 on Twitter. Okay, a little bit better. Uh, the Mets have lost six consecutive series after losing on Monday at Washington. The Padres have scored three or fewer runs in 18 of their 42 games. They got four runs last night. Or that'd be even worse, like 19 of 42 games. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Diamondbacks will, were never in danger last night. They led 5-0 in the third, cruised to a 5-2 win at Oakland. Are the 2023 Oakland Athletics the weakest MLB roster of your lifetime? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, back to the NBA we go. The draft lottery is tonight. With the uh, top prize, almost certainly the 7-2, 19-year-old Victor W. We're going to call him Victor W. on this show before, you know, unless I learn his last name at some point. That is not, at least as of right now, I've not I've officially learned how to say his last name. So question is, will you watch the NBA draft, draft lottery tonight? Which I, I forgot how they do this. It's like before the game? Right. It's before the game, right? Tonight, so... 
Good luck to you. It's always an exciting chore and so forth. There's actually betting on this at some places, which is just amazing to me. Okay, back to baseball. Shohei Otani hit one of the longest home runs in Camden Yards history. I've actually been to Camden Yards a handful of times, and I was watching this game last night. I thought to myself, I can't imagine anybody hitting a ball where he just hit that ball. But Otani also allowed three homers before he left the game with a sore neck last night. And the Dodgers, when uh, they won again, a uh, the ever-exciting extra-inning walk-off victory. What stood out to you for Major League Baseball on Monday night? Also, in addition to all those outstanding questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today. We get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060 or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That'll be followed by around MLB with uh, Jay Jaffe of Fangrass. We'll cover a couple of the topics we just uh, discussed there as far as the, the pipeline questions. Also, once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time, general discussion at 602-260-1060, plus the local roundup topped by uh, a little bit of uh, speculation on Monty Williams' future. And uh, as I mentioned, there was last night a Tyron Lou update or speculation there, so we'll explain that too. We'll explain all that at the bottom of the hour. Also, your phone calls at that time, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS HD 2100.7. Extra Point with local and national topics, betting lines, and banter. Weekdays 10 to noon on KTUS AM 1060, KTUS1060.com, and the KTUS 1060 app. With Bob Kemp, Joe Walsh, and the James Gang on KTUS AM 1060 and Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Major League Baseball season has had plenty of intrigue in the first few weeks. To investigate the intrigue, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs. And Jay, always good to have you on the show. Uh, let's start with the Mets. They've lost six straight series after they lost on Monday at Washington. And the Padres, they scored three runs or fewer in 18 of their first 42 games and their 30th in baseball and were, uh, runners uh, hitting with runners in scoring position. Which of the high payroll teams between the Mets and the Padres do you think is most likely not to reach the postseason in 2023? Uh, right now, I would probably say the Mets because they're the less healthy of the two teams. Um you know, Max Scherzer has not really been himself, although he finally uh, uh, had a good outing uh, on on Sunday. But their rotation is a mess. It's been hit hard by injuries. 
Um, you know, losing Jose Quintana for half the season. Carlos Carrasco's on the injured list right now. Uh, Justin Verlander missed the first five weeks. Um, yeah, it just hasn't it just hasn't been uh, the the rotation they expected or the lineup they expected. They've got uh, uh, struggles at the outfield corners, and uh, uh, they're down to their third string catcher. Although he is one of the top catching prospects in all of baseball, and Francisco Alvarez. But you know, when you compare them to the Padres, who are uh, uh, at least healthy. Um, I think there's more concern in New York. Okay, I- I'm with you on this whole you know, this angle here, but let's talk about the Padres a little bit. What's with the lack of offense? And do we just automatically expect that to get enormously better or just maybe a little bit better? I expect it to improve uh, significantly. I mean, I'm not really sure what's going on there, but Manny Machado was an MVP candidate last year. He's off to a slow start. Um, you know, once Soto got off to a slow start, but he's come, he's rounding into form. That four four hundred five on base percentage always goes a long way, and now he's starting to hit for more power. Um, but it's basically it's, it's Machado. I mean, sorry, it's Soto, uh, Xander Bogart, and Fernando Tatis. Those are the only guys who are producing at better than average. Um, you know, you got guys like uh, Jake Cronenworth and Machado uh, who are underperforming. Uh, Austin Nola and Hasion Kim, good complimentary offensive players are underperforming as well um you know not just there's so much that's not working there uh nelson cruz uh sdh i mean maybe time has caught up to him at 42 but he's not he's not really that productive um you know this is a team that on paper should be a lot better uh, on the offensive side and i you know i've actually got a got an article planned for later this week uh to take a closer look at what's going on here um, so I don't have uh, the immediate answer. Right. If I did, maybe the Padres would hire me as their hitting coach. There we go. Well, you got a couple days, <laughs> and I'm sure Bob Melvin will be giving you a call. So there you go. That's how, look for tell Bob I said hi. Um, meanwhile, uh, you mentioned the, the Mets pitching injuries. April uh, in baseball in general had a record number of pitchers on the injured list. It doesn't seem like that number is you know. You know, declined this month. You know, there's lots of guys, and you know, Rasmussen comes to mind from last last uh, Friday in Tampa. Are you a believer that the pitch clock is playing a role in all these pitcher injuries so far this season? Boy, you know, it's it's there's correlation. There's I don't know I don't know how much we can attribute it to causation, but um, it's certainly a, pos- a possible reason, and, and logically it makes some sense. Um, you know, because guys are trying to throw uh, as hard as they have been uh, in recent years, and we've seen uh, you know velocity, uh, fastball velocity is generally on the rise, um, but they have less recovery time, and that's going to induce more fatigue, and more fatigue leads to uh, you know compromised mechanics and more breakdowns. So logically, it makes sense, but I don't know that you can really uh, get uh, direct proof on this. I do think that um, it, it seems like, you know, this was rushed into, um, you know, full, a, a full usage, you know, from the outset of spring training, and I wonder if that had something to do with it. Um, certainly, uh, I don't think we saw any testing uh, on uh, the possibility or any kind of research into the possibility that this could lead to a wave of arm injuries. You can't really compare uh, what's happening at the major league level to what's what happened at the minor league level because uh, you've got much more uh, advanced, uh, uh, you know, and aged pitchers, uh, you know, in in the latter data set. So it's it's, yeah. it's certainly 
um, something that I think maybe should have been paid more attention to before this rule was adopted. Along those lines, Tampa now has the second fewest innings from starting starting pitchers. Atlanta's without Max Fried and Kyle Wright for a while. Mike Soroka is yet to pitch this season. Which pitching staff is in more trouble, Atlanta or Tampa? Uh, I would say Atlanta. I mean, it looks like they're going to be without both Max Fried and Kyle Wright for the next two months uh, at least, and you don't know if they're going to come back in working order. Uh, Tampa Bay has lost Jeffrey Springs for the season. Uh, they've lost Drew Rasmussen for probably the next three months or more. Um, they do have Tyler Glasnow coming back, however, and that's a big boost uh, to that staff. And they, you know, at joining uh, uh, Shane McClanahan um, uh, as as well. And, you know, they're, the innings from starters gets a little distorted there because they've been using uh, openers and bulk guys for. Uh, uh, to fill a couple of those spots in their rotation, um, they all—they're creative. They always find a way to do it. I think that they will be uh, the better off of the two. Um, you know, I think Atlanta has run through its depth uh, to a greater degree. They lost Ian Anderson for the season with Tommy John surgery as well. Talking with Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs, going around Major League Baseball. The Diamondbacks are seven and two when Zach Gallen starts. They're seventeen and sixteen when somebody other than Gallen starts. How good are the Diamondbacks? You know, they're certainly a much improved team uh, relative to recent years, and, and uh, uh, you know, Gallen is uh, looking like a, a Cy Young contender, and uh, uh, Merrill Kelly has pitched well, and uh, they have. Uh, uh, Weaned themselves off of the Madison Bumgarner uh, <laughs> uh, linkage, so I think that that rates is a positive. Although they haven't really gotten uh, good production out of that out of that spot since he left, uh, they you know they have good pitching prospects, but uh, um, you know the rest of the rotation behind Gallon and Kelly is, is certainly uh, uh, very uneven and uh, you know subpar. But I think uh, you got to give the kids. Uh, some time to, uh, to get their get their legs at the major league level here. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks uh, the last night and the next two days playing the nine and thirty four Athletics are, are the current Athletics the worst roster in baseball this century. Oh boy! I mean, I I, I certainly think it's possible. I mean, you could compare them. You know, we'll see how the season goes, but uh, you could compare them to some of those dreadful Orioles and, and Astros teams. Uh, during the rebuild, but it, it very well may be, mer- may be worse, and the circumstances I think uh, um, you know even more unsavory given the uh, ownership's uh, uh, ongoing attempt to to move the team to to Las Vegas. The Dodgers—they uh, seem to have figured it out after the quote slow start, uh, including they've now you know they last two weekends they won five out of six against the Padres. What's impressed you the most about the Dodgers? Um, yeah, it's suddenly gelling for them. I mean, it really, I, I, I've got a, a piece uh, about to go up here at Fangraphs on Will Smith. They're 19 and 5 with Smith in the lineup. They were slumping when, uh, when he was uh, sidelined for two weeks with the concussion. And really, the turnaround mm-hmm. has happened uh, almost exactly since he came back. And suddenly, they're beating the good teams. Uh, the pitching staff has come together as well. So, um, yeah, early you know early case for Smith as a potential MVP candidate here. Um, you know this is a team that that I think uh, experienced more turnover than we've seen from the Dodgers in recent years. They let Justin Turner and Trey Turner go. Tyler Anderson uh, uh, left as well via free agency, and uh, 
Um, you know, they haven't fully replaced those guys, and some of the stuff has gone wrong for them when they did, like Gavin Lux being lost for the season with a knee injury. But, you know, they've still got so many good players. Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are both uh, very productive, and, and James Altman uh, is, is making a case for himself as a Rookie of the Year candidate. Um, he's given them a big boost in, in what looked like, looked like a very uncertain outfield uh, besides Betts. The new schedule. Uh, it's good that every team plays every other team at least once, but am I wrong to miss the 19 division games? For example, uh, the Yankees and the Rays, they don't play again until July 31st. The Dodgers and Padres don't play again until July. I, I think I might want to see those teams play more, but yeah, how should I fall on this the schedule thing here? Yeah. I am. I'm with you on that, Bob. I I was somebody who I, who thought that, that you know the best thing about this was the division rivalries, and I know the people outside of the uh, Northeast quarter roll their eyes when you talk about uh, cutting back on you know 19 Yankees Red Sox games, and even you know if you have a role in covering them, they can be exhausting and all consuming. Um, but I That's do true. think that there's a that there's a happy medium somewhere in there, um, you know, because we do have so many more gaps. Where, where these teams don't face each other. And, yeah, uh, you know, I understand that this is making it uh, a more level playing field when it comes to uh, these large playoff fields. Um, you know, but to me, that's, that's I think, uh, a misplaced priority. I, I, I would much rather see a, a smaller, you know, a smaller playoff format, uh, more intra-division play, um, I understand getting, you know, getting to see Shohei Otani or Mike Trout or whoever once every two years. If you're not in a division that uh, um, uh, that that you know that faces the, the, you know, the other one uh, regularly, but um, so I, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a um, an interesting gambit. But I also think it adds to the amount of travel these players have, and we know you know yeah. what we know about what travel does to, to bodies. I think should be a, another factor that gets considered. Uh, with all this pitcher injury stuff. Yeah, we're like six weeks into the season. That's a really good point. I already, I've already heard teams complain about you know, playing, like the Dodgers, a couple of Sunday nights ago, played that the game against the Padres, and then the next day they played in Milwaukee. Uh, so I know that they weren't thrilled about that. But, yeah, definitely an interesting part about the travel for sure. Talking with Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs. All right, I can't help myself here, Jay. The St. Louis Cardinals, the Contreras um, Circus, and then he's back behind the plate last night, and Jack Flaherty is, it looks like, Bob Gibson for a night. So what is going on in St. Louis? Yeah, I, it, it feels to me like it's the inmates running the asylum. I Like, if this was a situation that could get solved within, a, you know, in a week, there's no reason that all this dirty laundry had to be aired. Uh, I expect better from the Cardinals. I think it really comes down to uh, manager Ollie Marmel. I mean, you know, he's the uh, uh, he's the variable here. That John Mozeliak uh, has has obviously been in place uh, atop the Cardinals uh, hierarchy for a long time. I mean, let him letting this happen does not speak well of him. Um, you know, when it comes to complaints about your your marquee free agent. Uh, suddenly not being a catcher anymore, but boy, does this look ridiculous. And and, and a lot of it comes back to the fact that Mozilliak did not assemble a very good rotation. And I, I saw the comparison of Bob Nightingale's uh, column yesterday. I mean, their ERA actually got worse, um, you know, uh, after uh, they sat Wilson Contreras down for uh, a week or whatever it was. And, uh, 
Um, you know, it's not <laughs> it's not all his fault. He does have, I think, some issues behind the plate that were known. Um, but you know, the Cardinals have been spoiled by 20 years of Yadi and Molina. Um, you know, he does. He, yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Wilson Contreras, you know, is not Yadi and Molina. Um, these pitchers haven't had to think for themselves to do their game prep in the same way. Um, you know, and they're spoiled, and that's that's really. You know, I think what it comes down to, you've got a mediocre rotation that doesn't know how to fend for itself, and, you know, they've been getting their butts waxed, and suddenly it's the, it's the new guy that must be the problem. But but oddly, the Cardinals are 7-1 and one since all this started. <laughs> so they are in the yeah. NL Central. So this may be the dumbest question of all time, but may, I don't think it is. Because they're in the NL Central, should we avoid counting them out in the division race? Sure. I mean, you know, you've got a you've you've got a, a, a comparatively soft division there. Um, they are in last place. Um, the Pirates have cooled off. Uh, the Cubs uh, have have underperformed relative to uh, the advances we've seen, uh, especially with their offense uh, um, after going out and spending some money. Um, yeah, I you know I, I I think this is I think this is still a winnable division. I'm, I I had I did not think Milwaukee would be this good. Um, so you know I yeah I wouldn't count the Cardinals out, but boy they their pitching is just not good, and they're going to have to improve that if they, if they are going to contend. Okay, let's end this on a good note. No, except for last night, and the Rangers got whacked by the by the Braves last night. But they've been really good this season at the plate, and with the exception of Jacob Degrom, the starting pitching has been yeah you know, mostly it's mostly held up okay. Should we believe in uh, Bruce Bochy's Texas Rangers? Um, you know, I, I I think that they are a much improved team. I don't know if they're if they're good enough to win the division, but Houston has had some problems. They haven't had out Jose Altuve yet. And the Rangers have invested pretty heavily in their roster in the last couple of winters, um, adding Corey Seager and Marcus Semien, and then a whole wave of pitchers to Grom and, and uh, uh, Nathan Yavaldi, who's been uh, outstanding so far, uh, less so Andrew Heaney. But I'm not surprised it's starting to come together for them. Um, what I am more surprised about is that it hasn't really come together for the Angels or the Mariners in that division. Um, because I thought both of those teams would be better as well. Okay, I can't help myself. You know, I've never quite bought into the Angels for, for a long time. What? What? You know, maybe you're in on the Angels more than I. Why? You know, I just thought they made they did a good job of plugging holes uh, this winter. I, I liked the addition of Gio Urshela. I liked the addition of, of uh, uh, Brandon Drury. Neither of those guys has performed well, though, um, and they've got Urshel playing more at first base than uh, uh, than elsewhere in the infield, which you know he doesn't have the bat for that. Um, you know they've uh, uh, they got they, the whole infield has, has underperformed pretty dramatically, including uh, uh, with the exception I would say of Anthony Rendon, who's who's not hitting for power, but at least he's getting on base. Um, you know I thought the rotation would be better. Uh, Tyler Anderson, who we mentioned, is not has not pitched well. In fact, everybody besides Otani and, and Patrick Sandoval has not has not pitched well from above down those starters. So, you know, it's a lot of underperformance. Although they are still uh, two games above 500, they're not the worst team uh, in, in in the league at it. You know, by any means. True, no doubt. And uh, you know, back to the Rangers. Looks like Corey Seager is going to be back from the injured list today, so that should help them. 
All right, Jay, good stuff as always. We appreciate it and uh, look forward to that, uh, you know, the Will Smith MVP candidacy uh, kicking off on your story with uh, Fangraphs this week. All right, sounds good, Bob. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. Jay, Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs, excellent stuff as always from Jay. Next segment, phone call time. Uh, Will Smith has an incredibly low strikeout rate and a high walk rate and hits the ball hard like seemingly every at bat. It's, he's an amazing dude to watch. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. And also, we went to do a little local roundup for today. Uh, some uh, Sun stuff, Monty Williams follow-up stuff. Tyron Liu, is he coming to Phoenix? Maybe not. We'll tell you about all that in the next segment. General discussion if you want to jump in, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone uh, with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle Lux HD2 100.7. If you want to get in, we got room and time. 602 260 1060. It is general discussion if you'd like to participate. All right, on to the local roundup we go. The Suns might be out of the tie Lou sweepstakes, if there is such a thing as the tie Lou sweepstakes. First up, Lou remains under contract with the Clippers. Uh, he's uh, been called a candidate for the head coaching jobs at uh, in Phoenix and also Milwaukee. Also on Monday, however, Clippers owner Steve Ballmer said that he wants to sign Lou to a contract extension. My best guess here is that Lou and his contract representation leaked to the media that he's a candidate in Phoenix and or Milwaukee to get a better deal to stay with the Clippers. That's just a guess on my part. You know, seen things like this before, you know, heard of things like this before uh, with contracts, whether it be players or coaches, etc. But I just think that's my connect the dots for today. Whether it's accurate or not, maybe we'll find out here soon. Not surprisingly, there is plenty of interest in hiring Monty Williams. Uh, Sham Serenia of The Athletic and also Stadium said on Monday that the Milwaukee Bucks are ag aggressively pursuing Williams if he wants to coach next season. Uh, you know, also, Serenia also indicated that the, uh, the uh, Detroit Pistons and Toronto Raptors are other teams with interest in Williams, who was, uh, in my opinion, foolishly fired by the Suns over the weekend. The uh, Suns, by the way, still owe Williams $21 million uh, for the balance of his contract. Uh, it's also, I think, likely that a television network will hire Williams if he wants to head in that particular direction. Certainly, he's as good as some of the folks that we see on network television, whether it's you know the ABC slash ABC, ESPN slash ABC, whether it be NBA Network, uh, whether it be TNT, certainly, but you know, they seem to be think they have the greatest team of all time there, and they're the ones that you learn least from. And that's my humble and accurate opinion. Meanwhile, how about James Harden returning to the Valley? Sounds like a bad idea to me, but at least one Monday report indicated that uh, the likely free agent to be is interested, that's uh, be Harden, interested in Phoenix and the Suns. 
Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks won a game. Uh, won game one of their seven-game road trip to Oakland and Pittsburgh. Last night, Merrill Kelly dominated in seven innings. Geraldo Perdomo and uh, Lourdes Goriel homered in the uh, 5-2 win at Oakland. Kelly allowed one run on four hits, one walk, struck out nine over seven innings. Perdomo continued his surprisingly excellent start at the plate. He's now hitting 341. Three homers, 11 extra base hits, and 20 runs batted in in 105 plate appearances. I think we knew that Gurriel could hit. Uh, so his 309 average with his six homers, 18 extra base hits, and 23 runs batted in. At least it's not surprising to me. Meanwhile, the bottom line from last night and for the next two days is, as I said on Monday and talked about with Jay in the last segment, I think the 2023 Oakland Athletics are the least talented Major League Baseball team this century, and they might be the worst MLB team of my lifetime, which is approaching 66 years. Next up for the Diamondbacks, the soft-tossing Tommy Henry, who is 1-1 one one with a 4.43 earn run average, faces the Athletics and Kyle Muller. He was, uh, Muller, by the way, is 1-3 with a 7.34 earn run average this season. The update of the NL West standings. I'll get to your calls in just a second here, so hang in there. Uh, by the way, all five NL West teams won on Monday night. The Dodgers on the walk-off walk in uh, the 12th inning last night. They've now won, I lost track, at least 8 out of 10. I think it's 13 of 15, uh, but they're now 27 and 15 on the season. Uh, the Diamondbacks sitting at 24-18. and 18. San Diego, they had a no-hit bid last night for Michael Waka until the eighth inning, uh, but they won. They beat Kansas City. Uh, San Diego, 20-22. and 22. San Francisco beat Philadelphia last night. They're 19-23. and 23. Colorado beat Cincinnati last night. Colorado is at 18-24 and 24 for the season. All right, on to the phone lines we go. Tom in Blitchfield Park. What's going on, Tom? Uh, another... Uh... Coach get the dust today, NBA. Hey, yeah, I forgot to mention that. I, I, you know, I'm sure we'll get into this in more detail tomorrow when we're doing the full three hours with Kayla and so forth. But Doc Rivers got fired, and this is just another thing that uh, uh, the assembled roster by the front office is uh, much like here. Uh, you know, the, the roster is not well constructed, so you fired the coach. Right. <laughs> I think uh, Harden's got one year left, doesn't he? Uh, he's an, he has an opt-out clause, and nobody thinks he's coming back. And there's other there's reports out there in the last, really longer than just the last couple of days, but especially since they got eliminated, that he and Doc are, you know, not good. But uh, I I think that if you're a member, I've said this for many years, no matter what team he's played for. I can't imagine if you're a team of James, teammate of James Harden, even when he's leading the league in assists, that he's your favorite guy to be playing basketball with. Totally agree. He's got to retire. Well, he's not going to retire because he's going to somebody's going to sign him and talking to go back to Houston, which I think would be the worst possible place for them because they've got some nice and interesting young talent. And I don't yeah, think that he would really nurture the young players, at least in my opinion. I think that maybe I'm totally wrong, but I don't think that he would be the best guy to have around to you know, build a young roster. Right. And they also, you know, they, they play hard. They do. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, 
you know, that's what it's also what happens when you got a bunch of young guys on their, you know, on their first contracts. <laughs> so <laughs> they better play hard, right? But uh, they yeah. they have an interesting. I will admit they, they definitely have an interesting combination of young talent. And you know, they they did play hard. There's no doubt about that. You know, they they won some games that you would never have expected them to win. But yeah, you know, most of the time they got crushed <laughs> in games. But uh, you know they're and they're gonna get. Let's see how the lottery goes tonight. If they get Victor, uh, you know their whole franchise, you know, everything about their franchise, it complete it continues to, at that point to climb big time because Victor is, you know I've only I've only seen a few highlights here and there, uh, but yeah, you know, seven two was he nineteen years old and he looks like he's gonna be a superstar in basketball. Yeah, for sure. Hey, thanks, Flavio. Good day. Oh, you too. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. A couple quick things to conclude the local roundup here. U of A alum Andre Iguodala is expected to retire after 19 seasons in the NBA, including uh, one in which he, in one stretch, he played in six consecutive finals, five with Golden State and one with Miami. Uh, during the bubble in 2020, uh, 2020, he's expected to retire. He was on the Warriors roster this past season. I remember Andre Iguodala back in the U of A days, and uh, I was at, actually at senior day. ASU was playing the U of A that day in McHale, and uh, he said before the game he didn't know if he was going to be you know, leave or not, leave early for the NBA. And then, it, like they were at that time, they were routing the they routed ASU that night, so they took him out and gave him, you know, let the crowd acknowledge him, and he waved to the crowd goodbye, like less than like two hours after he said, "Well, I don't know if I'm going to leave or not," but anyway, uh, he's had a really good career. Needless to say, uh, he's going to be the last if he retires. Uh, well, even if he doesn't retire. He's going to be the last Lute Olsen coach Wildcat to play in the NBA. That streak started 38 years ago in 1985. 34 U of A players coached by Olsen were NBA draft picks. And uh, Iguodala, according to Tucson.com, is the largest earning ex-Wildcat of all time, uh, collecting just a little more than $185 million in NBA contracts in his career. The 2023 U of A basketball team, among uh, other things, will be playing Michigan State on Thanksgiving night. Bad idea here because, you know, the U of A, the passive U of A team, Tommy Lloyd's done a nice job taking over for Sean Miller. But it's amazing how they just don't play with a lot of aggression. They play with a lot of offensive uh, incentive. But, uh, yeah, they don't get to loose balls. That's something I complained about all of last season. Not really the last two seasons. They don't rebound well. They're playing Michigan State. Really? Michigan State's like the king of uh, you know, loose balls. Uh, they're almost always the more aggressive opponent, no matter who they're playing. And they almost certainly get more rebounds because Michigan State for decades has been one of the best rebounding teams in the nation. It's all the way you know, Thanksgiving night, as I mentioned, but might have a, you know, a little financial interest on Thanksgiving night uh, betting on Michigan State against the U of A. It seems like a clash in styles, which does not benefit the U of A. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show at the National Roundup. Topped by a little latest line action. We'll get to uh, some uh, injuries 
uh, in the uh, world of Major League Baseball, time pending. And uh, who knows what else we'll duck in here in the final segment of today's show. Don't forget, tomorrow we return for a three, a full three hours of uh, local morning programming, the Sports Zone from 9 to 10, and then it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 11 to noon. She will also preview the PGA Championship tomorrow at 11.15. Uh, so mark that down on your golfing calendar. And uh, that'll be amongst the things that we're doing tomorrow. Well, probably the plan is to talk a little NBA draft after the lottery tonight. But uh, we still have one more action-packed, tremendous segment today. So stay tuned right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, whatever else, sip to the cracks. Also, our guest today around Major League Baseball with Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs. Lots of uh, topics we cover with Jay. Also, sound of the day courtesy of ESPN, TNT, WCBS, KWFN, Bally Sports Arizona, Betsilic Elite, I think is how you say this, for the victor. Uh, my man Victor, who's going to be the first player drafted in the NBA draft, but the, the Victor highlight. Uh, LAD 570 for the Dodgers throwing walk-off from last night, and also KLAA, the Angels flagship station. Uh, also special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And uh, uh, updating the NBA postseason line as we get into the national roundup here. Denver remains a six-point favorite. Actually, they've gone up a little bit since yesterday. Six-point favorite. There's even a couple six-and-a-halves in Nevada. Tonight in game one against the Lakers, total sitting at 222-and-a-half. And And, uh, also tomorrow, game one, Miami and Boston. And Boston, an eight-point home favorite. There are some eight-and-a-halves, depending on where you look, against Miami. Total in that game, 210. The Nuggets, a consensus 140 favorite to win the series against the Lakers. The Celtics are consensus heavy minus 550 favorites to win the series against the Heat. Jamal Murray, non-COVID illness, questionable for tonight's game, according to the Nuggets on Tuesday, excuse me, on Monday, uh, heading into tonight's game Tuesday. Murray, remember, he had the non-COVID illness, uh, the questionable status before the Thursday game against the Suns, but he played when that game and played really well. All right, some uh, Major League Baseball for tonight. The Diamondbacks against Oakland. Tommy Henry, pretty mediocre at best pitcher, but Oakland is so bad that the Diamondbacks and Henry on the road are minus 140 at Oakland against Muller who uh, we stated earlier and gave you his numbers, has been awful so far this year. Total net game is nine. Quickly around Major League Baseball, Manny Machado, x-rays on his left hand came back negative. He got hit by a pitch and was taken out of the game last night against Kansas City. Got plunked by a, a fastball from Brad Culler with the bases loaded in the second inning. At least he got an RBI out of it. Meanwhile, Valley product Cody Bellinger, day-to-day with left knee soreness. He made a... Uh, a spectacular play last night against uh, against uh, 
the, uh, the, the Astros in Houston, but he's uh, considered day-to-day. Also, Valley product C.J. Crone, not as good news for him. Uh, the Rockies placed him on the 10-day injured list with back spasms. He's off to a terrible start this season, even not hitting in Colorado where he has feasted in recent years. Meanwhile, Corey Seager, it looks like he's going to make his uh, return tonight. He's been out for about a month. Uh, General Manager of the Rangers, Chris Young, told reporters on Monday that uh, Seager's hamstring will allow him to return in the next couple of days. I watched the Rangers for a while last night. They seem to think that tonight is going to be the night for Seager's return. The Angels placed third baseman Anthony Rendon on the uh, injured list with a left groin strain. Uh, He's actually hit for average, but not hit for power. uh, uh, So far this year, only one home run. Uh, but uh, he has uh, he's hitting 301 in the season with 20 runs batted in, so he's been somewhat productive. And also, if you missed it in Corey's update earlier this hour, the NFL moved one step closer on Monday to becoming a pay-per-view sport. Uh, Peacock will exclusively stream an NFL playoff game, a wild card game, for the uh, first time next season. And uh, unless you live in the local market of one of those two teams playing, you're going to have to pay to watch an NFL playoff game, which I've been predicting for years is something that we're going to see in the future in the NFL. Rather quickly, I would imagine at some point we're going to have to pay for pretty much everything NFL-related. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on this Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.